From their delicate little fingers to their beautiful first smiles, there's no question that babies are one of God's most amazing creations. Each year, 132 million babies are born and begin their childhood journey. It's a precious time for mothers and a crucial time for babies as they develop and grow. But tragically, many little ones don't even make it to their third birthday. Poor nutrition, preventable childhood illnesses, a lack of care and protection, all these contribute to a child mortality rate that is still too high. That's where Compassion's Child Survival Program is bridging the gap. Even before children are old enough to enter our child development program, we reach out to parents in poor communities. We offer them a helping hand so they in turn can enable their baby's healthy development. Compassion's local church partners provide a place for parents to come together and learn how to care for their children. And because the home is the centre of these little ones' lives, that's where the child survival program is primarily implemented. Workers make regular visits to the homes to check on children's development progress and encourage the parents, as well as take things like nutritious food and other essentials for the babies. To ensure that they can meet their basic needs, mothers are also taught income-generating skills. We want these mothers to know that they are not alone, and so the Child Survival Program also provides them with a community of other mothers. Selama sebelum saya mengikuti PPIA, saya merasa sepertinya pergaulan saya ini tidak begitu menyenangkan. Tapi selama waktu saya di CSP, banyak banyak saya pelajarin hal dalam mendidik anak. The Child Survival Program helps children survive, and sometimes that's harder than it sounds. Join the fight for child survival today. Good stuff. Good morning. How are we all? Look, uh, just to catch you up, if you haven't been here the last couple of weeks or a bit of a refresh, if you have, um, for this seven-week period, starting two weeks ago, we're just inserting a little mini-series, mini-teaching series um, called, called We Love Giving. And uh, we're just trying to step back and build or rebuild a foundation of what the Bible, what God actually says about giving and uh, build our faith on that, build our practices on that. And uh, as a church, continue to grow in this area of giving and generosity and ultimately global impact, local and global impact. Two weeks ago, I started teaching on, the, on this idea or, or the principle that, that our giving is based on as followers of Jesus. It's called the principle of first fruits. And uh, it's referenced many, many, many times. We're instructed to bring God the first and the best of our income. Principle of first fruits. Obvious question, though, is uh, how many fruit um, is an amount that honors God? And uh, we all earn different amounts. We all have different income levels. And so, so what's, what does God have to say about how much is an amount that we should bring to him to honor him? Uh, well, the good news is he does answer that and, and uh, talks about the principle of the tithe. 
Now, the tithe is a kind of a, a churchy word. It's a, it's a Jewish word that um, literally just means the first 10%. And the idea is that we would actually bring God the first 10% of our income. It's the best 10, and we offer that to him. And uh, he takes that as an offering that is honoring to him. And his purpose for that first 10% is actually to resource the local church. The biblical pattern for resourcing a local church isn't cake sales and raffle tickets. It's his people, God's people, bringing the first 10% of their income. Now, we say that that's both a goal and a minimum. In, in as much as it's a goal, it could be that you're, at this point, bringing God 2%. Well, great. 2% is better than 1%. The next step for you might be to stretch your faith, take a next step in your faith and, and start to bring God 3%. That could be a next step and let's see your faith be built. And, and, but continue that journey. If you're someone who's bringing your first 8%, you can maybe take your next step of faith and bring God your 9%. Step it up from there. But the idea is that when we hit 10%, we don't just suddenly rip the handbrake on growing in our faith. Is this idea that there's no finish line that we can continue to stretch our faith, continue to build our generosity, continue because not only does God want his local church well-resourced so that he can build a solid foundation from which we impact our local community, there's other things that God instructs us to do. And one of those is to make sure that local churches are reaching beyond our local community. And uh, as a church, we... um, set up a thing called Ele- we call Elevate Global. And uh, that's the, the strategic partnerships that we're uh, building to impact uh, certain specific things um, beyond our four walls. It's not a new idea. It's something that Jesus had a lot to say about. This is a, a, something that Jesus himself uh, said and uh, it's kind of it's a metaphor, but it uh, doesn't take much uh, interpretation. This is let me read what Jesus had to say when he finally arrives, talking about Jesus or coming back, blazing in, in beauty, and all his angels with him. The Son of Man will take his place on his glorious throne. Then all the nations will be arranged before him, and he will sort the people out, much as a shepherd sorts out sheep and goats, putting the sheep to his right and the goats to his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, the sheep. Enter, you're blessed by my Father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. And I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. That's what Jesus talked about those who are now on the right, the sheep. It's a good thing to be on the right, to be a sheep. Then those sheep are going to say, Abba, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it for me. Now, we don't have time to go and you can read on yourself. He then talks to the goats and the goats don't get quite the same treatment as the sheep. The goats get an absolute dressing down, okay? They're like Mick Malthouse going rabid to the players who are losing at halftime, okay? They got it because they ignored him. They ignored people that Jesus cares about, hungry people, thirsty people, 
sick people. And we're commanded to be those people. And then Jesus looks on those people and says, you did what I asked you to do. You didn't just keep your resources to yourself. You did these things beyond me. And so one of the partners that, that uh, we partner with is Compassion Australia. And uh, we started two years ago investing into a child survival program. And we just saw a video talking about babies and child mortality is a huge, huge, huge thing in, in our world that we often in our comfortable first world, Western, big city life, uh, don't even know about. It's not, we're not necessarily even to blame, but we just don't interface with it. And so we want to make sure as a church that we keep reminding ourselves that there are needs beyond our four walls and God calls us to meet some of those needs. So this child survival program is in the Philippines. Little village started two years ago by a church there and uh, they work with mothers and babies right through to uh, zero to five. And um, we want to tell you a little bit more about that and catch you up or if you're new here, uh, bring you up to speed with, with what's happening there in uh, our child survival program that we invest in. And to help me do that this morning, we're privileged to have the uh, head honcho of Compassion WA, Melissa French, with us. So, Melissa, how about you come on up? And folks, how about you make Melissa this welcome this morning? Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you. All righty. So, it's been a couple of years uh, since we started uh, investing into this uh, child survival program. It was actually, coincidentally, when they first started um, and... Uh, it's an area of the Philippines, a little area called Masbati, uh, and um, I haven't yet been there. We've got a team going over there uh, early next year to see uh, firsthand what's happening there, which is going to be really great. Um, but Melissa, you're dealing with this sort of thing every day. Give us a little bit of an idea of what's, of what's happening there, what's sort of the reality there. So... As you mentioned, child mortality and issues affecting children are going on all around the world, particularly in the community of Masbate. Um, the local church partner tells us that this is really a very poor province. Um, he says that uh, many of the families there are in dire need and assistance of just basic necessities and that many of them are living below the poverty line. What that kind of looks like in practical terms is, you know, Masbate, it rains six months of the year. So from September to February, they're getting rained on. And the typical houses that these people are living in have bamboo floors, wooden walls and thatched roofs, hmm. not keeping out a lot of rain and certainly creating a quite damp and, and dire situation. The region there, the diet consists of bam, uh, bananas, fish, rice and potatoes. And so when you look on that in terms of an environment, in terms of a diet for children, uh, it really does lead to children in that area suffering from major health problems such as malnutrition and respiratory diseases. They're the two key things that are going on for kids in that area. Um, so within the project, in the last six months of the 40 children that you're helping uh, and their mothers, there was uh, 10 cases of respiratory tract infection and one of diarrheal illness. So... Although they're in the program, these children are still living in an environment that causes them to be poorly. Uh, the exciting thing is because of your support through the CSP, the Child Survival Program, all of these children are able to access the medication that they need and to get to hospital. And those things that would unfortunately cause children to yeah. sometimes pass away yeah. um, is not happening in this case. Yeah. So it's really exciting. This is really life-saving stuff. And Melissa and Compassion, they, they provide us with a report every six months. We, we said we don't, if you don't, you know, have the time, 
work with the kids. Don't bother, you know, reporting to us. We, we trust you guys. That's why we set up, you know, this partnership in the first place. But uh, they're a very, very uh, solid organization. And we just um, got the, the latest report um, about a month ago. Melissa sent that through. And uh, let me read a little letter that's in that report. This is a lady named Mary Laurio, and she works uh, in the program. And uh, this, is, uh, this is something that, um, that she had to say. Uh, to God be the glory. Blessing and favor to you all. And she's talking, uh, writing this to the people who are investing in the work that they're doing over there. Okay, so she's over there praying blessing and favor mm. to you all. Brilliant. I'm Mary Laurio, and I'm the, an implementer of the Child Survival Program Center. In the past six months, we encountered a slight problem in the health of some of the children, which um, Melissa just referenced, because they didn't have uh, complete immunization when they entered the program. Because of this, children were very prone to sickness, and some of them needed hospitalization. But praise be to God, they recovered at once. We continue in reminding, teaching, and helping the mothers to practice proper nutrition, keep their children's immunizations up to date, and get medical help when they get sick. These, uh, there are others that don't go to the center to seek financial help because they apply alternative medicine. One mother, Rabina Esbersa, that's how they say it, um, came to the center because her son was sick. She didn't ask for help, but asked for prayer for her son. Praise the Lord. The next day, the child was healed and didn't even need to go to the hospital. The mother testified to the goodness of God and encouraged other mothers to seek God first. And she and her family continued attending our church services. How good's that, huh? So we're, we're a part of that. And it's been two years since they started this from scratch. And I love that. I mean, there's this this entrepreneurial apostolic spirit there in the church to go and and, and set up this, uh, you know, with with compassion, this child survival program. It's been two years. How's that journey kind of been? And, And what does the next 12 months kind of look like? Yeah, well, Compassion's work through local churches is what we call holistic. So, you know, you've heard that testimony there of the physical needs being met, but also the spiritual. And we look at poverty and we want to see children and their families alleviated from the economic, the social, emotional, the physical and the spiritual elements of poverty. So when we talk about the progress that's happened in the last two years, um, if we focus on those things, um, physically, we've seen a reduction in malnutrition. Fantastic. That's life-changing stuff. Mm. Uh, When it comes to the social and emotional, uh, the program's really been focusing in the first two years of building that community and that sense of togetherness and belonging and helping one another. And that might seem like a really basic thing, but as you saw in the testimonial video there, many of the mothers feel completely isolated, um, unable to deal with raising their children in such complex and difficult situations. So that social and emotional care that's provided is really important and you know one of the key testimonies in the most recent update was the fact that the mothers are coming alongside and helping one another through their trials and tribulations going to their homes and saying can we help you practically and can we pray with you Mm. and uh, so that social emotional side has been a really effective part of the program in the last two years economically they've been doing some sewing training and stitching training with the mothers. At this stage, uh, probably the income generating activities have been lower in their startup time of the first two years, but that's something that that we're growing more. And then spiritually, I mean, 
Many of these people are, well, the, the Catholic religion there in the Philippines, um, you know, means people have an understanding of God. But one of the things the project really wants to do is help people to come to salvation in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they have a testimony that two mothers and one uh, married couple within the program have publicly confessed their faith in God through water baptism in the last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, almost half the mothers are regularly attending, attending the church services and they're testifying to God's goodness mm-hmm. in the midst of their challenge, in the right. midst of their poverty god is there and he's touching their lives and uh so that's kind of what's been happening in the last two years moving forward as mark said you know this program will continue to meet the needs of the mothers and the babies um, up until the age of four or five and at that point the children will be ready to go into our child sponsorship program our one-to-one sponsorship program Mm. and uh so that's really what it's all about it's about giving these babies and mums a great start to the beginning and then pushing them through to that next level of development to say how can we forge a great future for you um, through education and proper health care through the younger children's age and actually starting to invest into them the belief that things can be different despite what you see around you this crazy world of poverty does not have to dictate your future and we want to help you do that brilliant it's good stuff hey and uh one of the things compassion are very well known for their child sponsorship which typically uh, targets kids in the school age sort of five six years old through to to graduation from high school and i know a number of you already individually sponsor children as to louisa and i um and it was when we came across the, 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 the brutal facts of the child mortality in zero to five that it just made so much sense. You know, it's one thing to be sponsoring kids age six and above, but there's 21,000 kids every day that don't reach the age of six to even, you know, become eligible for sponsorship. And so we, we kind of uh, back, you know, are, are doing our bit to help work with compassion to backfill some of that and, and rescue kids that wouldn't even make it to their fifth birthday. Um, but there's also an opportunity for us in the region that uh, the Child Survival Program is, um, in the village and in a couple of surrounding uh, villages where they uh, compassion work with them running child sponsorship for these kids, kids in school age. And um, Melissa and I have been talking about that um, for the last 18 months, how we as a church can, can actually have a, a real transformational uh, impact in a region and, uh, and see nation building happen from this nucleus. Um, so this morning, we, we've uh, invited um, Compassion to bring us 17 kids for child sponsorship. And uh, these are kids that you will have the opportunity this morning for you as a, an individual or a couple or a family to actually begin sponsoring them uh, directly from, from this morning. We're going to have them uh, available for you out in our foyer uh, three of them, we just wanted to give you a little bit of a preview, and uh, they're really, really awesome. I get, get Melissa to show you three of these very cool uh, 17 kids that we've got the opportunity this morning. Yeah, so hopefully there's a photo that. Yeah, here's Jetha. So he is a 10-year-old boy, and there's four kids in his family. He carries water for the family and helps with odd jobs. And he's attending the Compassion Program, doesn't have a sponsor at the moment. He actually did have a sponsor that cancelled on him. And um, I've personally met with and spoken to many students that have gone through the program, and they, they talk about the challenges that they have when they get cancelled on and or they don't have a sponsor. Um, it forces them to disengage from the program and and I, you know I actually had a testimony of a guy while we were here at Elevate doing a, a compassion gig that said you know for me I felt I was ugly and worthless mm. that nobody would want to sponsor me um, 
Unfortunately, this young man is struggling at school at the moment in primary school. And I guess it's my prayer that someone would sponsor him today and, and go with him through the program, investing in his life in both letters and prayers and saying, Jesus has a plan for your life. Mm. You are not worthless and there is something great that's going to come out of you. And I don't know if you can see in his T-shirt there, but his project, um, church project, a t-shirt there has that little uh, proverb, sorry, that says, you know, train up a child in the ways of the Lord and they will not depart from it. And um, that's the essence of the community that he's in. But the voice of a sponsor from the other side of the world saying, I'm with you on that. God loves you and has a plan for your life just creates this huge echo in their, in their head and their hearts that Great. says, this is worth it. So that's Jetha. We also have another little girl called Alyssa. And I wanted to show you the two photos there because Alyssa has been in the program for two years. Um, She doesn't have a sponsor at the moment. You can see her first photo on the left and then two years later on the right. Can't you just see the difference between the girl that entered the program going, what's life about? How do I make sense of this? I come from a family of nine. I'm only nine years old myself. I have to help care for the children and care for the animals what is this? Mm. And she's entered into a church program where there's people who know her name, love her, pray for her and meet her physical, social, emotional needs. And two years later, on the inside, she's changing. You can see it coming out. And so Alyssa is available for sponsorship too. And then we have Janelle. She's a little little six-year-old girl. She actually goes to the same project that the Child Survival Program's in, the same local church there, the LOC. And uh, her father's not around. Um, I don't know the full story of that at this stage, but her mum is there taking care of her in the home. Unfortunately, mum doesn't have any income, so um, the child sponsorship makes a massive difference for them. Mm. It pays for her health care to take her to school for nutritious meals and provides that beautiful little outfit that she has there uh, for her school supplies. So just an example of some of the children that are available for this from this region of Masbate that we're hoping right. Elevate Church will uh, take into their family, Very love good. on them and Very pray good. for them. Love it. And uh, I said we had 17 kids available for sponsorship. We actually only have 15 left because uh, Louisa and I have grabbed little Janelle and uh, it's pretty obvious why. She's a little cutie. So um, we're adding her to our extended family. So Janelle is off the table. Um, my in-laws, we were celebrating Louisa's birthday, another big flipping Italian lunch. Um, crikey, no wonder I run. Um, and uh, her, her folks uh, are taking uh, one of the little girls today and not even part of Elevate, which is exciting. So, um, but we've got uh, 15 left. Um, they're going to be out at the table. Just, just though, um, Louie and I uh, used to sponsor six kids and I lost my job and I was out of work for over a year. And uh, we, we tried to everything we could to, to not have to give up sponsoring those kids and, and we just couldn't actually make it happen. Um, and so somebody had to go knock on the, their door, six doors, and tell those kids, sorry, you sponsors, um, not continuing sponsorship. And, uh, you know, I think just there's no winners in that particular conversation. So I got a real uh, passion to see little Jether uh, sponsored this morning um, because he's had someone knock on his door and say that your sponsor's cancelled on you. So before I thank Melissa and uh, start preaching today. Who wants to take Jetha? That's my question this morning. James, you're first. Did, was, there a, was there a hand behind you? Yeah? Okay. Do you want to take Alyssa? She was the other girl. I love that. Can you pass that along? Well done, guys. All right. There's... Thanks, Elevate. 13 left. Lucky 13. How about we thank Melissa as well this morning, church? Thank you. Absolutely brilliant. 
great. It's a buck fifty a day, by the way. We are at Louis' uh, folks uh, for the big wog lunch yesterday, and uh, this came up in conversation, and, and uh, you know, Louis and I just said, yeah, we're adding a- another child to our little kind of clan, and, uh, and her family, oh, you people are so good, you and Louis are so good, and I'm like, guys, it's a buck fifty a day, that's like not even worth bragging about, you know, and you have three kids, I know Jordan and Jesse, have, they sponsor three kids, uh, it's four fifty a day, it's one takeout latte, you know what I mean, it's not like... I mean, I think it's brilliant. I'll brag about you guys, but if you were bragging about me for about 50 a day, I'll be shut up. That's nothing. Um, so it's great. So let's keep stretching. All right. They're going to be out there. Jordan and Jess will uh, be with uh, Melissa as well. Talk with them afterwards.